the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections, brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where diversity and opportunity are one. From education to employment, entrepreneurship to innovation, this program is your weekly connection to the latest trends and opportunities taking place all across Silicon Valley. Host Carl Davis Jr. talks to the rock stars of Silicon Valley and offers you engaging interviews and insights from local, regional, and internationally acclaimed business leaders, entrepreneurs, and community leaders to help you stay connected. Now, here's your host, Carl Davis Jr. Welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections. Hi, I'm Carl Davis Jr. I'm your host, but I'm also the president of the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where we help all small businesses start, finance, grow, and even exit their businesses. We're located at 25 North 14th Street, downtown San Jose, or you can reach us via the web at blackchamber.com. In studio today, we got my good friend, producer, and co-host himself, Mr. Carl Big Papa Welsh. Yes, How are yes. we doing today, Carl? I'm doing blessed, Carl. 10,000 ways to Sunday. I'm happy today. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Carl. We got a very, very yeah. special guest on today. Yeah, I'm very happy. This gentleman, I'm uh, uh, I'm honored to have uh, the opportunity to speak to him. We've seen him around town many times. I know he's a good friend of yours, so I will allow you to uh, introduce him. Well, I want to introduce to our listeners Mr. Charles Chappie Jones. He's presently the San Jose City Councilman for District 1. Is that right, Chappie? That is correct. And how are you doing today, Chappie? How are you doing? Well, I'm doing I'm doing great. Uh, I have to say, though, I'm at a disadvantage in this interview because you have a much smoother voice than I have. So. <laughs> yeah, but you're much better looking than he is. Carl said you're, you're better, much looking, better than looking than me. than he is, so don't worry about it. He's, you're good. <laughs> I, just, I just want to let you know I'm feeling a little insecure right now. <laughs> but we want to make you feel voices. Well, we want to make you feel better. Our listeners want to know before we talk about city government and and, and all that entails. They want to know who is Charles Chappie Jones. So just tell us who you are and what makes you get up and go, Chappie. Well, you know, that's a great question, Carl. And, you know, I've really had a, a lot of opportunities to, to, to really think about this this question because, uh, you know, I've, I'm asked that a lot in terms of what motivates you to run for public office and be a public servant. And uh, I had to really look back at in terms of my, my childhood when I was about probably about 10 or 11 and I used to get uh, the annual issue of Ebony Magazine, 100 Most Influential Black Americans. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people have role models that are athletes or entertainers. Uh, I used to always gravitate to the elected officials, the public servants, you know, the, the Willie Browns and the Andrew Youngs and the Maynard mm-hmm. Jacksons and, mm-hmm. you know, the Charlie Wrangles and, you know, Harold Washington. I mean, I used to just gravitate to them. And I think the reason why is because even at a, a young age, I understood the impact and power that they had in terms of making my life better and making the lives mm. of you know my friends and family uh, better off. 
And so that really stuck with me. So, you know, I went to college and graduated with a, a business degree. And, uh, but that passion was still there to go into public service. So, you know, fast forward, um, I get married, I start my career, I have a family, but I'm always talking about going into public service. Mm. So about 19 years into my marriage, uh, my wife, Kelly, who had to hear me talk about this for the whole time we were married and even before, <laughs> finally just got fed up and said, you know, either do it or shut up. I never <laughs> want to hear it again. So I'm like, okay. So I was working as a manager at Apple at the time and called my manager, um, gave him four months notice that uh, I'd be leaving my job to campaign full time, to run for public office. Did it, campaigned, and, and we won. And that's how I got to where I am right now. Wow. Wow. Chappie, so running for city councilman was your first time being an elected official? That is correct. So we, we went for it. Uh, usually um, people, you know, start mm -hmm. at lower offices, school mm -hmm. districts or other offices and then work their way up to city council. I just uh, I just went for it. And again, we won and here I am. Wow. That's an amazing story. Hey, Chappie, if you were to kind of... Uh, sort of define the type of person that to try to get into public servants like you or to become a public servant like you, what would you, you know, share with a younger person, what they could do instead of just jumping out from Apple to be that servant? Is there any things that they should do committees or, you know, kind of like uh, working with the city in some way or county or volunteer? Well, the first thing I'd, I'd advise them to do is look in themselves and really just, you know, understand why they want to do it mm. and if they're doing it for the right reason. Mm -hmm. So I think that's step number one. You know, some people, you know, uh, are motivated by maybe the, you know, the notoriety or mm -hmm. the, you know, exposure or just, you know, the accolades. And those are all the wrong reasons to want to go into public service because it really is a sacrifice. Wow. I think that they need to to look in themselves and and, uh, and truly understand what's motivating them to to want to run for public office. And if that motivation is to serve and to try to make things better and improve the quality of life for for your citizens and your residents, then then you should make the decision to run. So once you've made that decision and once you've identified what's motivating you, then you have to lay the groundwork. And it's just like anything else in life, you know, you have to lay the groundwork. So when the opportunity presents itself, you're ready and able to take advantage of it. So that groundwork is getting yourself known in the community, volunteering for, you know, projects on your neighborhood association or uh, some type of city commissions or and just, just being known. So at the time when you decide, okay, I'm going to run, it's not one of those situations where people are going like, who's that? I've never seen him before. <laughs> He's not, I've never seen him in any meetings or involved in the community. Uh, he just popped up. You, you don't want to have that situation. You want them to say, oh, yeah, you know, I work with that guy on a committee or, you know, I was involved working with him on a special project and I know who he is. I know that they're a good person and they're, you know, intelligent and they're, they get things done and I'm going to give them my vote. So you have to lay the groundwork. And that's that's interesting that you say that uh, if you want to run for a public office, you have to be sort of service oriented because you hear a lot of people talking about politicians, uh, especially if you rise up to obviously the level of president. 
you know, they say they're, they're very self-aggrandizing, they're very arrogant, conceited, and self-centered, and, and all these kind of things. Barack Obama was a service-oriented person you know, in college and after college, and, and that's why he became such a wonderful um, uh, a president of the United States. Uh, you, what about you? Where's your Where's your um, experience going to lead you into? Are you going to stay in politics? Uh, are you going to take back? You, you You sort of talked about you. Got, getting a degree at UC Berkeley. Well, you got an MBA at, at Berkeley. You studied economics yeah. at UC Davis. You worked at AT&T. You worked at Apple. So that's that's an incredible uh, experience in itself. So what are you going to how are you going to utilize that in the community as well as or how are you utilizing that in the community as well as being a public servant? Another another great great question. Let, let me kind of uh walk you back. Uh, I waited uh, kind of later in life to to run for public office and um Actually, that was one of my regrets as I waited so late in life. You know, I actually looked at you know my life and realized I had more life behind me than I did ahead of me. It was like, I need to do this now. Yeah. Or I'll never have another opportunity. But now that I'm in public office and I understand the experience I had, you know, 25 plus years of experience in corporate America, you know, small business, large business, uh, my educational background, that um, it turned out that one of my regrets, one of my biggest regrets actually turned out to be one of my best opportunities because I'm able to take that life experience and a life knowledge and apply it to making public policy. So it, it really turned out that it was a, a good combination of my private sector work experience combined with my public se- sector experience that I have now in terms of having, uh, making good, solid, thoughtful uh, pragmatic decisions on, on policy and city issues. So it's kind of, it's all coming together. Now, in que- the second part of your question in terms of what I anticipate in the future, uh, I'm not quite sure because there's um, part of me that wants to take and continue what I've learned and, and accumulated over the years in terms of both public and private sector experience and continue that in the public realm. Uh, there's another part of me that's kind of attracted to the original um, thought of our founding fathers, which was that you had a private life, you went to public service, mm-hmm. and then you went back to your private life. So I'm still kind of torn between those two philosophies. So mm-hmm. we'll just have to wait and see how the, the future unfolds. You know, you mentioned um, the power and the impact of being a public servant. I mean, I see that all the time when we think about, you know, business sort of laws and things that get passed. And, you know, can you... Can you share with our listeners that power of the advocacy of, you know, people people think of, you know, lobbyists as terrible people and all that. Maybe you could put some framework around it. We got about two minutes before our break. Can you can you kind of put something around that, Chappie, and make it real for folks who who hear our program? Well, again, another another great question. And, you know. The whole, you know, definition of, of a lobbyist and, and someone who's advocating for their position, it, it's kind of gotten a, a bad name. But, you know, lobbyists, you know, are, come from a um, different, you know, cross-section of our society. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have a lobbyist who's advocating for their uh, development project, but you also have a lobbyist who's advocating for the health and welfare of children or mm-hmm. the homeless mm-hmm. or, you know, other other issues, you know, around, you know, social issues that are impacting our society. So, you know, lobbyists are just someone who's passionately 
advocating or, or, or trying to get council policies or decisions made that are going to impact their particular interests. And that interest might be a profit motivated interest, or it might be a, a, a social justice interest, or it might be a, another type of interest. But I think that, you know, we have to understand that when we're making these policy decisions, we don't want to make them in a vacuum. That's right. You know, it's important. It's important to hear from all the different stakeholders who have a different interest in the outcome, hear their opinions, hear their rationale, and then try to make as thoughtful of a decision as we can in terms of forming public policy. Oh. Uh, one of the things that I, I pride myself on is that every group that I've heard from that's given me feedback has always felt that I gave them an open door policy of being able to come in and and advocate for their interests. Man, Chappie, man, that's exactly why we want to be at the table. Wow. We're going to leave it right there and we're going to come back to Charles Chappie Jones. You're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections. This is Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr. Brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com, or call 408-288-8806. Now, back to Silicon Valley Business Connections. Ah, uh, yeah, return to the Mac. <laughs> You know what, Chappie, I, I got to say something, you know, we're talking to Charles Chappie Jones. He's the San Jose City Councilman. And when I heard that song, it made me think we want Chappie to return. Right, Carl? That's right. Return to Chappie. Chappie, are you going to run again for San Jose City Councilman? Yes, I am running again. Yay! All right. All right. <laughs> tell us. Tell us more about that. Well, um, I've been on the council for three years now I'm going into my fourth year. And uh, we're really excited about some of the things that we've accomplished in the first three years. And uh, we know that we're still going to have some unfinished finished business uh, moving forward. And I want to have a second term so I can uh, complete some of those initiatives that I started in my first term. So we're really excited about it. Uh, looking forward to uh, going into campaign season and uh, see what the uh, – Outcome is. But we're really uh, feeling positive about it. Well, I'm sorry to have jumped up like that, but I am one of your biggest cheerleaders. I, you know, we haven't had a lot of African Americans be San Jose City Councilmen, and you know, I was I, I didn't know my history well enough, and I thought you were the second or the third, but you told me you're not the second or the third African American San Jose City Councilman, right? Yes. So we have we've had uh, uh, a history of. Uh, black uh, political involvement in the city, particularly over the last 30 years or so. And uh, so, yes, we've we've elected uh, several black uh, council members, uh, but I'm I'm the latest of, uh, of, of a line of uh, politically active people. And I stand on their shoulders. <laughs> and that's how I got to where I am now. Hey, let me ask you something about that's a great segue. The name of the show is Silicon Valley Business Connections. What connections that you feel that you had that got you where you are going and what connections do you think you need to get you to where you're going to go? Well, you know, one of the things that uh, I've always tried to, to do in my life is to make genuine connections and relationships with people. Mm -hmm. So when I first started to think about running for office, uh, I 
reached out to to my network of, of people. I mean, people that I've known since I was two years old and people that I've met, you know, six months before. And I have a philosophy of, you know, always trying to make genuine connections with people and treat people with respect and dignity. And when you do that, they remember it. And when you go back and just say, you know, hey, do you remember me? You know, we used to work together or serve on a committee together or, you know, we were, you know, coaches in the little league together or whatever mm-hmm. that uh, that point in time where I got a chance to meet them and for them to get to know me and for me to get to know them. And if it's genuine and it's not just like you're doing it to, you know, because you, someday you, you're going to anticipate I'm going to need a favor from that person. But if mm-hmm. it's really genuine, mm-hmm. uh, then you have those those really lifelong connections. You know, people that you might not have talked to for 10 15 years that you can call up and just say, hey, you know, this is Chappie. You know, remember me when we used to work together 15 years ago? Uh, I'm running for office. You know, I need your help. And I was just amazed in terms of the number of people who said, oh, yeah, I remember you. I'm, you know, those, you know, I really enjoyed working with you or knowing you with knowing you or, you know, you didn't did me that favor that time or you treated me with respect and, yeah. You know, what can I do to help you? Well, so, with that being said, just, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, oh I was, I was going to say, it's just, you know, one of those things where, you know, it's just treating people with kindness and respect. Yeah. It's not, it's not that complicated, really. Yeah. Well, when we've asked people about you, uh, Chappie, people say things, some incredible things about you. They say things like you're, you're like the most adept relationship builder and networker they've ever known. They say you have the uncanny ability you know, like to see the big picture that you have the uncanny ability to bring people together and to put them on the right track and to help solve problems. Those are things people say about you all the time. Your success record, uh, from what I understand, is is uncanny, to use that word a third mm-hmm. time. Tell us a little bit about some of the, the successful things you've done while you've been in the in the city. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I'll talk. Let's talk about a specific uh, success that I'm really proud of, and and that is that. Um, when I came into office, one of the issues that uh, really came to the forefront was minimum wage and, mm-hmm. you know, getting the minimum wage up to $15 an hour so that mm-hmm. hardworking residents of San Jose could afford to, you know, pay their bills, you know, buy food, support their family, pay their rent, and, and, and have at least a minimum, you know, quality of life where they're just not in, you know, dire straits every month. And uh, But that's a very contentious issue, and it's very contentious between the you know advocates and, and the labor community as well as you know the business community i identified that as an opportunity to to bring people together and so working with the mayor's office working with the different stakeholders working with some of the regional groups i was able to bring people together to to form uh, a task force and an initiative to get us up to 15 dollars an hour by t- 2019 and we were able to accomplish that probably through one of the least contentious <laughs> efforts for anything that controversial mm-hmm. that at least I've seen in my, my time in public service. Mm. So I'm really proud of the fact that I played a role in terms of nice. bringing the people together, yeah. creating the vision and actually implementing that vision. Well, and you've also been, uh, I guess one of the champions at uh, trying to get more minority contracts with the city of San Jose. You want to speak a little bit about that Chappie? Yes. So um, 
one of the things that I've learned from my, my business experience, particularly working for a small minority-owned company, is that public sector contracts can be the lifeblood of establishing a business, growing a business, and making a, you know, the, the business in our community more prosperous. Uh, so when I co- that was always something that I said when I got on the council that I was going to push that agenda. So I, I come into San Jose and, you know, I look under the hood and I see that, uh, you know, we're not talking about a high-powered engine that's driving a minority contracting or small business contracting. It's really, you know, I saw a hamster on a wheel spinning around. <laughs> and so I wanted, you know, I wanted to have a more robust uh, initiative and process to bring in minority and small business contractors because the city of San Jose over the next five to 10 years is going to spend approximately $2 billion wow. in, in contracts. Wow. And if those dollars aren't going to the, the local small and, and minority uh, firms, then they're going to miss out on an opportunity to, to grow their businesses, become more prosperous, and potentially even start to compete for contracts and you know, public sector contracts in other municipalities. So there was a, I saw a, a real gap in terms of where the city of San Jose is and where we need to be. It, so I've been really pushing pushing that effort in terms of uh, moving those that, that needle and getting those numbers up in terms of uh, contracting to to uh, businesses that have not had the opportunity to get those contracts. And isn't that isn't that really how we keep or grow the middle class, Chappie? Isn't that how it really works? The rich doesn't well, keep getting richer, and we spread those contracts out so other folks can get those contracts and make a living here in a very expensive place, Silicon Valley? Well, definitely it's how we grow the middle class, and it's also how we provide opportunities to people who are effectively locked out of you know, the high-tech boom that we're experiencing here in Silicon Valley. Um, you know, everybody is not going to be a Google engineer, you know, people have other skills, other desires that, you know, and things that they want to do in their life or what they're able to do. And, you know, you look back at the gold rush, you know, what we have now is, is comparable to the gold rush, you know, in 1849. And, it, you know, who made a lot of money off the gold rush? It wasn't necessarily the miners. <laughs> It but wasn't it was me. Wells Fargo. <laughs> Wells Fargo. Oh, okay. It was Wells Fargo. It was Levi. It was, you know, it was Bank of America. It was, you know, the, the people that sold the, the pans and the, and the shovels. And, you know, those are the people that made a lot of money. And there's a real opportunity here in the Silicon Valley for people who are locked out of the whole technology, you know, boom that we're experiencing to be a part of it. Yeah. And to be a part of it is they can sell the pan and the, and the shovel and the Levi's to, to these high tech companies and they can sell the pan and the shovel to the, you know, the, the municipalities who are spending, you know, billions of dollars on contracts. So there's, there's a real opportunity to close that gap and get that money to where people are yeah. as opposed to trying to get people to where the money, you know, where the opportunities are that they're, they're locked out of. So, yeah. I think there's some real opportunities that are being missed that we need to address. Yeah. Now, real quick, because um, I think we only got two minutes or less uh, of the show. Uh, you are a professional. You are a consummate professional. You're a, a successful businessman, but you're also sort of a nerd. If you look at him, if you see him, he's uh, he looks like he's 25 years old, but he's also a Star Trekker, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. 
Big time nerd. Proud, proud nerd. Proud nerd. All right. Oh, man, Chappie. Man, you were doing so good. I want to I want to do this before we wrap hey, up, Chappie. Nerds, nerds could be cool, too. <laughs> hey, Chappie, if our listeners hear this and, and they want to connect with you or the city of San Jose, what place or number or website or Facebook or, that you want to give our listeners so they can connect with you in the city of San Jose? They can send a... Um, an email to district one at San Jose CA dot gov, or they can go to my city website uh, and just, you know, fill in a little form and uh, I'll we'll get the, the message that way as well. So they can go to the city of San Jose and then go to, you know, Chappie Jones's website, council member Chappie Jones's website. And, uh, fill in a, a form and we'll get the information. So well, there's Cha- multiple ways that you can contact us. Well, Chappie, we've been very blessed to have you on the show. Chappie, thank you for being on our show today. Well, thank you, Carl and Carl. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and I really enjoyed it. So thank you very much. All right. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr. and brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com. That's blackchamber.com. Or call 408-288-8806. That's 408-288-8806. Copies of our podcast are available online at blackchamber.com. If you would like to know more about a specific guest or make recommendations for upcoming guests and topics, email info at blackchamber.com. Keeping you connected. Silicon Valley Business Connections. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.